And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Monday, January 17th, which means it is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And so I hope that you uh, listen to this pod and then maybe take in a little history, maybe do a little research, maybe watch something that's instructive or I don't know, do something to mark the occasion. Don't just take the day. Okay. So we're all going through this collective wave of virus. Here's a way for you to feel a little bit good. Do some historical research on your own behalf and then have a moment and breathe. Okay. How about that? All right. Now, next. We are the show that takes the mystery out of your financial life. We, me, and Mark. And if you have anything on your mind financially, then we would love to hear from you. All you need to do is go to our website. It is jillonmoney.com. And once you get onto the website, you can, of course, read the stuff that we've written. You can watch some TV hits. You can maybe listen to some old shows. You can subscribe to our other podcasts. Yeah, there's a lot to do there. But at every point that you are, you know, floating around the website, there's a contact button. That contact button will allow you to ask your question. Give us some detail about it. There is also this wonderful thing that Mark brilliantly added now that we have this brand new website, which is there's a little checkbox that says, would you be willing to come on the program with us? And if you check yes, you kind of skip the line. That is what Randy did. Randy's on the line from Southern California, where it's early and a little cold for you there. Poor Randy. Did you have to take your fur out to, you know, basically because it's going to be 40 or 50 degrees this morning? No, I'm wearing shorts, actually. Ah, uh, you see, a renegade. Are you originally from Southern California or did you move there? 
No, I was born here. You were? Yes. Oh, it must have changed quite a bit in your time, eh? Uh, Just more people, but not changed a whole lot otherwise. All right. Well, so what brings you to our airwaves today? What can we do for you? Well, I'm just calling to see if uh, we're on track to have enough or more than enough money and assets when we're, as I'm approaching retirement. Okay, great. Well, let's do a little bit of the uh, information. So how old are you, Randy? I am 65. You sound very spry for 65. Oh, and who's you. who's your we? Who's the uh, the partner spouse there? My wife, my spouse is also 65. Okay. And are you guys still working? My wife has been retired for three and a half years and I still work. What did she retire from? A teacher, public school teacher. I got to tell you something, Mark. I don't know why we ever chose mates who were in financial services when we should have chosen mates who were uh, in education, because I'm guessing that that wife has a nice pension. Am I right? Yes, she does. We'll get to that in a second. So you're still working though, right? Yes, I have my own business, but I only work limited time. I spend about 10 hours a week in my office and a few hours working from home as I have an office manager who runs probably 80% of my business for me. Oh, that's great. How much money are you taking out of that business with that reduced schedule? Uh, I bring home about 150000 a year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Huh? What kind of business is this that you can be so passive and just collect 150 Gs? I'm in the insurance business. Oh. So you are receiving the income. Is there anyone out there selling on your behalf, you know, or is it just you as the agent? I'm the agent and then my office manager is also sells. So okay. She, so you she get does most everything I can do. Okay. And are you going to transition all the business over to her? Are you going to give her those, um, those trails? Unfortunately, it doesn't work the way when I retire, my business closes. Is that right? Yes. Like in the brokerage business, you can actually say, okay, let Joe Schmo or Joan Schmo take over. So they don't allow that? That's so interesting to me. No, it's the, it's the way our contract with our company reads. So. so if you were to retire fully, that 150 goes away and the trails go back to the home office, right? Yes, correct. And when I say trails gang, uh, everyone listening, that just means it's like commission. You get a commission up front for a lot of products that are insurance based. And then every year that all those clients are paying their premiums, there's a little piece of the action that you get as, as another form. And it's trailing income, I guess, is the official way to say it. So, I mean, there's no reason to shut things down right now, right? That's exactly right. That's why I'm still working. But are you soliciting new business or not? Uh, somewhat. Uh, she handles most of that for me. And you can just pass that off to her. And she's happy with the the arrangement, right? Is you're yes, paying she her is. a lot? Is she making a good chunk? How much is she making? Let's let's talk about her financial planning. She makes about fifty grand plus some extra commission. Don't you think you should pay her more? She's doing all the work, dude. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's pretty good pay for the job. Because she's not really on the hook for doing a ton of stuff. No, and she has a lot of flexibility because we are working partially from home, sometimes most of the time in the office, and I make it very easy for her, so it's a good trade-off for both of us. All right. How much longer should we milk this cow? How long are you going to keep this business, do you think? I would like to do it for five years till I'm 70, Mm -hmm. but I may stay longer. How much is your wife's pension annually? 48,000. Obviously, you guys can wait till you're 70 to claim Social Security, right? Yes, 
Okay. She will not get so she does not get social security in California, but I see. And when you turn seventy, what is the social security estimate for you? Fifty grand. How much do you guys need to live on? Need is the interesting word. I, I keep track. <laughs> I I keep track of all our expenses going back oh six seven years just to see what we spend without mm. budgeting. Yep. It's broken down in three sections. We tend to spend about seventy five thousand dollars a year just on living, but that does not include travel and taxes. And travel is a big part of our budget. It was. what was that budget number that's supposed to be fit about 50 grand what get out of here that's a serious chunk of moolah yeah well that's why i had encouraged my wife to retire three and a half years ago and cut back to less hours so we could spend more time traveling okay when you say taxes are you talking about property taxes or taxes on your income like what are you talking about all right House. How much is your house worth? Uh, 900000 Any outstanding mortgage on it? No. Okay. And uh, what about your retirement savings? What have you done? Okay. We have $2.2 million in retirement IRAs, rollovers from SEP and 403Bs. All pre-tax, right? Yeah, that's all pre-tax. Okay. What else? $100,000 in Roth IRAs and HSAs, which we've just been recently been able to establish. Mm-hmm. And then about 670000 in taxable brokerage accounts. Okay. Do you have any uh, grown kids out floating out there? Yes. We have three children between 35 and 39, all grown and independent, doing very well. Can I ask you a dumb question? What's the problem here? You got tons of money. You're in great shape. What's, what's your issue? Some of the issue is I've done some of the Monte Carlo simulations on online. Yeah. And I'll put the same information in and one will say you have a 90 plus percent chance of never running out of money. Other ones say 70 percent chance. Well, of, that's ridiculous. Well, you're that's, not running out of money. You're not running out. First of all, you're not going to spend 50 grand on travel every year for the next 25 years. Let's just say for argument's sake, right, that her pension and your social security are basically enough, even if it, you know, when the, when those two pieces are taxed, we'll pay your basic about your basic living expenses. Right. So then you've got about 3 million bucks that you've got to then use as your slush fund. I don't see on any planet how that's not enough money for you to do what you want to do. I I really don't. Plus we have rental property that we get income from. Excuse me. Let's talk about that. How much is the rental worth? We have three houses in our town that we rent out. Their combined value is about $1.4 million. Oh, my God. This is crazy. And are there mortgages outstanding on those? No. No, they're all paid for. Mark, am I missing something? Is there any way that they, that they don't have plenty of money to do what they want to do? I don't see it either. I mean, unless you're telling me that like, oh, you know, actually the $50,000 a year is really like, you know, $150,000 a year some years. Like that just, it just makes no sense to me. You want to spend the 50 grand a year on travel for the years that you're healthy and happy and able to do so, right? So that essentially what that usually has translated to when I, you know, really, I've been doing this a long time. So I, I kind of feel like I've retired a number of times with people. It's usually from 65 to 80 is when the bulk of the money is spent. 
okay, on that kind of stuff. And you have the money to pay for that. I mean, frankly, the rental properties alone, what do they generate in terms of income? We net about 35000 a year now. And, and you could always sell that and pay some taxes that are due and, you know, take some money out and put it into the, the corpus of your estate and, you know, have that money work for you. I mean, there's no problem here. There's absolutely no problem. And so I get that you're a total do-it-yourselfer because, you know, no normal human being says, oh, I've run several Monte Carlo scenarios. 85% of the people listening are like, what on earth is she talking about? So um, these are scenarios that help people look forward and use statistics to try to game out whether or not they're going to use up their money or how their money should be invested. And over time, what the impact of pulling money out of a portfolio will have on you longer term. So you're doing all that and you're also managing the money, right? Yes, we do everything ourselves. There is nothing bad here. How are you managing the money? Are you using index funds? Are you stock pickers? What do you guys do? It's mostly almost exclusively at Schwab in various index funds and exchange traded funds. There are a few actively managed funds. About two and a half years ago, we went to a financial advisor and got a financial plan set up because we were about 95 plus percent invested in all equities. And we knew that was getting dangerous after my wife retired once we were in our early 60s. So he made arrangements to and suggestions on making things a little safer. I don't even know how to say this, but like you, you're mocking us by calling with this situation. Okay. Well, I do have some questions I want let's your go. thoughts on. Okay. <laughs> let's shoot. Question one. Let's go. It's like the, it's like the lightning round. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, first thing is your opinion on Roth conversions for us. I'm, our RMDs are going to be quite high, but every time I look at Roth conversions with our income and taxes in California and federal and the, uh, investment income surcharge. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, it's not great for you. If you stopped working, I guess that that's a time because then your tax bracket, if, in other words, if you said, okay, the, here's the trade-off. Okay, I'm going to stop taking $150,000 so my tax bracket goes down. Not a good trade, right? You're better off collecting the 150 for as long as you can. But, you know, given the fact that you have 200, like let's say, Let's say you got about, you're in the 24% tax bracket, right? right? That's your top bracket. I mean, I'd convert some at 24%. What the hell? I would do some just to start the process. And yeah, you're going to pay taxes. And yeah, but I don't see the tax bracket. I don't see tax rates going down in California. You're going to move out of California? No, never. So then I wouldn't mind converting some of the money staying in the 24% bracket. Okay, I'll take a look at it. Yeah, that's easy to do. Okay, number two. Right now, I contribute the maximum to my simple IRA every year, close to 20 grand. Mm -hmm. I was considering to avoid continuing to increase our, our tax deferred accounts, maybe for the next five years plus when I'm working, stopping the simple contributions and just putting that in our brokerage account. I, I completely agree with that. I'd love you to have a million bucks in your taxable account. You know, okay. you're going to spend some of that money to convert, but yeah, that would be great to just pile up that money. And then I had my financial advisor may, had made a suggestion in considering from now through retirement to have the capital gains and dividends that are normally reinvested in our retirement funds be put in a cash account instead 
So when it's time to being forced to take their RMGs, if the market falls, we could use that as withdrawing instead of selling some of the shares. True, but like you do have seven years to do that. What is the allocation of the retirement accounts right now? What's the, um, tell me the balance of it. Is it mostly equities still? We're at about 22% in bonds, mm-hmm. 52% in US equities, mm-hmm. about 14 in international, and 12 in REITs. I mean, I think that basically, if you every year start kind of letting some of your cash position, rather your bond position start to creep up a little bit, like you'll kind of dollar cost average in a way. If rates are rising, you're being going to buy shares at lower prices. I would certainly not stop your distributions on your bond funds. I would repurchase bond funds and you just can move your allocation up up a tiny bit every year. You can say, and hey, 22% in bonds at 65, I can go to 25% by the time I'm 60. You know, like you can go up a few percent. And by the way, when you start to convert some of the money, you can really get a better sense of the the rebalancing process. And you can maybe be a little bit more cognizant of the fact that as that time nears, you're going to have to have distributions. But I don't know if I'd do that right now. Okay. It's a long time. Seven years is a long time away. Well, I want to be prepared because if anything changes, I might decide to retire sooner. I have to say it is very difficult for me to see a world in which retiring and giving up the 150 grand makes a ton of sense. I just don't see it unless it's like onerous. But even if you went away for like three weeks or four weeks at a time, it sounds like the person who you're underpaying in your office. (laughs) See how I said that? She needs to get you. You really, truly need to come on. Pay her a little bit more. Mark, what do you think? Don't you think we sh- he should? Shouldn't the assistant get a raise? Right. I would literally say, like, hey, assistant. I'm just going to call her Jill. Uh, hey, Jill. You know what? You're doing such a great job, and she knows how much money you're making. You know, there for the grace of your assistant, go you. Meaning that you can't do this without her, and you trust her. So throw her some extra bucks. Give her an extra ten grand. It doesn't impact you but it allows you to just make her feel good. You don't want, if she left tomorrow, wouldn't it suck for you? Yeah, I'd retire. Well, well, excuse me. So then we now know you're underpaying her. There you go. Okay. I'll take that under advisement. Don't be a pig. You're in great shape. Don't sweat it. Don't worry about Monte Carlo. And sometimes the, the simplest solution is just right in front of you. Keep taking the money convert a little bit of the retirement at the pre-tax retirement assets at a time, pay the assistant more because frankly, if you made 120 grand a year and she made 80, you could probably keep doing this longer and longer and longer. And the longer you collect that money, the better off everything's going to be. The picture only gets better. So I think you're in wonderful shape. You and your wife have done a great job. Congratulations. By the way, everyone listening, this is how rich your insurance agents are getting. Off of you. <laughs> I'm so bad. Mark, is there anything? Oh, we've done, all, I presume, Randy, because you are uh, this kind of person. You've done all of your estate planning, right? Oh, yes. Trust. Yeah. We have a family trust and all that. Super. Great. Thank you very much for contacting us. And uh, you don't have to be in as good financial condition as Randy and his wife. You just don't. But If you have questions, you have concerns, you want to just sort of float some ideas by us, 
All you need to do is go to our website, jillonmoney.com and click the contact button. While you are there, please sign up for our free weekly newsletter and subscribe to our sister broadcast. It is called Eye on Money. Everything right there on the website. Very easy to do. Okay. Well, it's Monday and many of you have the day off. So uh, again, do something that marks the occasion somehow or other, maybe read up a little bit. Take a moment and do that. We always say this about Veterans Day, you know, like just don't just take a day, take a day and make something of it. Okay. Not the whole day. You don't have to, you know, like sit there for eight hours and do something, but mark the occasion, please. That would be great. Okay. Well, that's it for the day. So uh, keep us posted on everything going on in your lives. We are posting, keeping you posted, everything going on with us on our website. And uh, we always ask you to do something nice for someone else because it will make them feel better and it will make you feel better. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.